Hey, what's up, sci-fi fans? This is Aaron Eisenberg. You know me from Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Nog, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Thank you all. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. I'm the only host today because we're recording during the day. And we have the distinct pleasure of having perhaps our most regular returning guest ever on our show, uh, Mr. Mike Schelling, who's head of publicity for Shoreleave. It was Shoreleave 10 years ago that really was responsible for launching the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast in its current format as we've been doing for the past 10 years. And so it is a fantastic opportunity to have Mike back on the show. Mike, thank you so much for joining us and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Well, thank you so much, Scott. I'm really, really pleased to be with you again today. I can't believe it's been 10 years already. That That's just absolutely mind-blowing. Right. And, and how long have you been doing the role of head of publicity? Not much longer before that, really, Scott, perhaps 11 or 12 years at the absolute most. So, you know, your team was one of the, the first new press folks that I met after, you know, taking on that position, after switching over from what was called the video department. So, yeah, if it's been 10 years for us, it can't be much longer than that. <laughs> so uh, you guys have pretty much have been with me on this journey almost the entire, the entire way, really. Pretty amazing to think about. You know, one of the things when I think back to that, um, that made Shoreleave such a great con for us to get involved with was how friendly you were toward uh, press organizations, especially, you know, uh, for us at the time, we were up and coming. You were, you, were, you were willing to give someone that was kind of new to the whole press scene a leg up and say, hey, you know, Let's do this, and why don't we see if you can uh, chat with some of the guests? And you were very, um, you were very encouraging back in the early days, if I remember correctly. Well, I'd like to think that I still am. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's very, very important to me to you know to build and develop relationships with our you know our press corps, and you know always try to get new people in there, and if they're fairly new to the convention, especially fan-run conventions, I always sort of go out of my way to show them what our convention is really all about and what makes it special unto itself. Right. And um, like I say, I, was, I can't recall the exact, I don't know if we have time to go over the specific um, way that we met each other, but, but basically, um, you know, we became aware of, of each other, your organization and Shore Leave, and did everything I could to make it as easy for your team as possible to get the material that they, you know, need to, 
you know, make your show even more successful. And I think it's been a great relationship between the Sci-Fi Diner and Shoreleaf down through the years. And I certainly hope it continues on into the future. Oh, yeah. Well, we, uh, we, uh, we look forward to coming to Shoreleaf every year. I cannot tell you how excited David M. Miles and Chrissy are going to be. Uh, coming and I forget who's uh, what, I think maybe three of them are coming I unfortunately won't be at Shirley this year and we'll be missing it sorely because it's one of my favorite conventions uh, to go I to I know for, so, for shame How I know I know <laughs> No, it's, uh, they, you know what happens you understand this as well as anyone that you know, you put your family while you love science fiction you love the convention that, that there are times that family uh, has to take priority over that so I understand, but yeah. I have no doubt whatsoever that the Sci-Fi Diner will be extremely well represented. They come will. Shore leave time. They and will. As we record this, just less than six weeks away. Can you I believe hope that? that your team is able to do uh, live recording the way they did last year, which I feel was a tremendous success. Yeah, we well, we had a great because it was the um, what it was the 40th anniversary of Shore Leave last year. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and we had a good, know, good, I mean, good all show. All the shows that you do from Shore Leave are are memorable, but that one especially. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. So. Well, very good. Very good. So, yeah. So my understanding, you had a question you wanted to ask me or perhaps numerous questions about uh, me and Shirley. Right, exactly, Scott. I'm going to turn this around on you a little bit. I think I'm going to rattle your cage a little bit. Ooh, okay? he's going to interview everybody me. Everybody knows over the last 10 years how I feel about Shoreleave. I mean, you know, I've said so many of the same speeches so many times. I think some of your long-term listeners probably can recite it by heart. But what I was wondering is, while we're talking to each other, is when I mention the words Shoreleave or fan run convention for that matter what thoughts come to you what is it about shore leave that draws your attention what what's so special about conventions like ours and maybe shore leave in particular that makes you want to you know carve time out every single year and talk to me and put put me on your show and <laughs> talk about shore leave and interview guests and things like that because i want to get this really you know from your point of view because i know how i feel you know, I yeah. made that very clear over the years, but I wanted to get you know just for a few minutes your feelings about shore leave and and what makes it you know so different from because let's face it I don't get to really that many conventions through the year outside of of shore leave really but you and your team go to several through the right. course of the year you know different parts of the country and you see fan cons pro cons tiny conventions monster giant conventions and all kinds of conventions and you would be far better suited to ask really as far as what the difference is and wakes you know if someone has a choice between say shore leave and some convention a few hundred miles away why would they choose shore leave i know right. how i would answer that but i want to see how you feel about that all right and i think your listeners would be interested in hearing your viewpoint too well, my first answer to, you know, shore leave, like why shore leave? I'm asking, is it going to be in Corsica or Riza? But uh, uh, that's my funny answer. But the, uh, but the answer, uh, you know, that answer, uh, Mike, has evolved over the years. Like initially, and I remember you saying this to me very early on in one of our interviews, that this was the same for you, that initially when I went to shore, it was like, Oh, the guests, let's meet the guests, the, the actors and ooh, the chance to sit down and, and chat with these, 
these actors who make and develop the shows that we love and we fall in love with and we watch week after week, or maybe we watch past tense week after week, depending on the show and this chance to engage and interact with them. That was the thing that initially drew me to shore leave. Uh, But, you know, over the years for me, and I think uh, at least for me, I'm going to speak for me because I think that Miles and Dave and M would still say that, interviewing these actors are really a big deal for them. Like that's, that's huge for them. But for me, when I go, it's like Christmas in July. Well, it is. Uh, But for me, when I go to shore leave, I go there to see the people that I've made relationships with over the years who are not, who are are not necessarily there every, uh, who are not, who I might see them only that time, of the year. I, I think of John had the phrase from, Th- well, it used to be think geek. He's with a different company now. Uh, Lou and Neil, and there's many other people that would, that we, that at conventions, this is the only time that we sit there and we see them. Uh, Steve Wilson. Um, so many, many, you, you know, are some of the only times that we see each other in person, we might interact online, but it's a chance for us to get together and go out to eat and catch up and, sit in panels with these people that we've gotten to know over the years. And I think that's what makes shore leave familiar and, and and welcomes me back each year. And yes, uh, there's no doubt about it. Is it cool to see Shatner when he shows it? Absolutely. Is it going to be cool to see uh, Deshaun Nichols? Absolutely. But uh, it's not, it's certainly not the only draw. It may not even be for me the biggest draw. Uh, and coming to shore leave this year. So, but as, he, as as I said, it's evolved, you know, initially, you know, when we first were starting out, I was like, well, we got to sound with uh, a miracle Laurie from dollhouse, you know, or Vanessa angel, or, you know, some of the first ones, uh, Christopher hired all, you know, some of those names during the first con we were at that really, were, you know, made us star starstruck, but, uh, and we still like doing that, but I think it's also, Again, the relationships. Right. I agree completely, Scott. I don't think I could possibly have said it better. I mean, when I was in my teens and 20s, long before I ever, you know, became a member of the committee or anything, I would go like, you know, like so many fans. I would I would look on there and say, oh, so-and-so's coming this year, or, you know, I want to get that autograph, or that autograph and oh i want to go around the dealer's room i wonder what they have this year and i want to walk around the dealer's room and stuff like that and that's the main thing but as you grow in fandom and you get a little older um you start to get the feeling well you know that's nice and i wouldn't miss it and it's an important part of it but it's far from the only part of it you know it's the people a lot of people that yeah some of them you might be able to talk to on facebook or if you're on twitter or something like that that's all well and good but a lot of these people are coming in from different parts of the country, and you don't really see them any other time of the year. And that makes, you know, gatherings such as these so incredibly important. So no matter how packed the schedule may be, and you know this year's schedule is going to be just as packed or more so than any year in the past, oh my so you can absolutely guarantee that. But it's also very, very important, no matter how busy you are, to find time somewhere Sit in a diner, go across the street to the mall, sit in the lobby, you know, find a quiet corner and just talk to people, you know, about, you know, get, you know, get caught up, as they say. You know, these are incredibly important things. It's what makes, you know, gatherings such as these all the more special. Not necessarily, I mean, 
yeah, it's wonderful to get that autograph. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's also very special to catch up with people that you care about and just that, that element of it where it's not planned. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm always telling people, sit in the corner as soon as you get the schedule and circle everything so you know what you're doing every minute of the entire weekend. Well, that's great, but you don't want to overplan it either. You want to leave room to do something for yourself, you know, and you've got to leave that open too. You know, and that's where the real magic happens. So, but anyway, well, I appreciate you opening up like that. Scott. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I, it, it, one other thing I want to say with that, the conventions are some of the only times that we, uh, as a podcast team, really get to see each other in person because we podcast over Skype or we'll podcast over Hangouts or Facebook. And, um, and for most of us, we don't get into the same room with each other. Um, Especially, especially M, who records many times from uh, from the D.C. area. She's not running, you know, two three hours up to Lancaster County, which is where we're based, to come record with us. I'll see Chrissy and I'll see Miles, but uh, and Dave, I see at my job. But you know, we 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 record, you know, from from all over the place. So it's a good place for us to connect. I hadn't with you. considered that. So yeah. it works for you guys too. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like our- gackle of writers that seems to grow and grow every year oh yeah you know they they're yes they're there to sell books yes they're there to meet fans and sign books but they're also network networking with each other you know i mean i can't say for absolute certainty because i'm not part of that group but you know i get the strongest feeling that's how the, you know how did the crazy eight press come together right oh yeah I mean, it's a lot of the same people so if it wasn't at shore leave it might have been at far point or or some other local fan gathering where all these guys got together and ladies too sorry and said hey let's pull our resources and you know, write some books together and it's been incredible since then you know that's just one of those little tiny bits of shore leave lure there you know i don't know if we can necessarily take credit for that but i you know that's kind of cool that from 40 years ago and we just started with two writers and now we have so many writers who want to be here that sometimes we have a hard time finding room for them all right you know it just seems to grow every year and who'd ever thunk it because we never really created shore leave to to be a literary convention you know it's not like our dear friends at balticon or something uh it just sort of grew over time because right. you start with a couple of writers, and then they told a couple of their friends, and it just kind of increased geometrically. And that's how things like that grew. So it works for fans, and it works for our attendees, too. I've heard many a story, and I don't mean get too much off topic, because we have so much to talk about today. But I've heard stories, I don't know how true they are, but I have heard down through the years that actors will go back to their sets after shore leave weekend and tell their colleagues on the set, this convention was great. The people are so nice. It's so well organized. You have to, you know, go to this show. And I've heard of this happening, you know. And when you hear such good things like that, when you hear actors and writers and scientists and just general fans brag about the experience that they had, you know, it really makes all the effort worth it. It makes you feel really good inside, saying we must have done something right and people want us to keep doing it year to year. So, I, I knew that. I knew yeah, that. I know I got a little off topic. No, I know. I we we we've heard that as well from guests that we've interviewed who have said, "Well, why shore leave?" They've heard about it from other people that recommended coming to shore leave. So, 
So yeah, and we it know, makes me so sad when certain people say that they didn't know about us. If we've been here forty years, where have you been? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know uh, <laughs> this? This this might be a nice segue, and uh, you know when we talk about the evolution of the con for writing, um, I, I think about all the different hands that are involved in putting up a convention, especially a fan run convention like shore leave. Uh, there's of course the corporate run, but we're talking um, about conventions that are put out by fans. That takes a certain amount of dedication and effort from you and the, and the committee in general. That's a part of it. How big is that committee? Do you know how big, how many people are involved in the committee in, law, in making shore leave happen? Well, I couldn't give you an exact number right now, Scott, but I would give you a, a ballpark figure of maybe about 20 or so departments, and mine is just one of them, you know, and we all report to what's called a convention chair, or in this case, this year, chairs is plural, okay? Or if you, you know, want to get sci-fi about it, call them chair beings. You might see <laughs> inside the Shirley Pocket Program, they're called chair beings. Chair you know? beings, and okay. So we all, we all report to the chair beings, you see. So there's my department, and you've got registration, and you've got security, everything that makes a convention run. So, you know, there's, you know, there's hospitality, and there's guest relations. That's the big one. Those are the ones who get our guest stars and everything and are responsible for getting them there and getting them back on the plane to get back to their film sites and everything. Um, so each one is very, very important in their own way. But, yeah, I would estimate, you know, there's at least 20 different departments. I mean, there's Masquerade, there's Art Show, there's Charities, there's the Webmaster. Oh, wow, I could go on and on. You know, the, the dealers, for example, the memorabilia dealers, they have their own department. And each one, um, now in more recent years, as, as you say, the graying of fandom, um, you know, some uh, long-time Shirley Committee members just aren't there anymore. So there have been a couple of um, younger members who joined us. But another very reassuring thing about being on the Shirley Committee is that a lot of the people, either now or in the past, when I was you know, just a young publicity guy, now I'm an old publicity guy, anyway, uh, <laughs> but in, in those days, and even to a certain degree now, there are people who have been doing the same position for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So the people who do it know what to do year to year. They're practiced at it. And they're incredibly, incredibly dedicated until it's time, you know, where they, they pass along what they know to someone else who, you know, takes that torch and keeps on running with it, you know. Um, so that continuity, I think, is something everybody, not only in the committee, but the fans who expect a great deal from Shirley have come to expect. They like that continuity and they know that the, the people who are in charge of all these departments are very, very dedicated and very serious about what they do and about giving the, the fans who attend the best possible experience. Um, so there are all these different departments, and especially ones who are very experienced, we're given a great deal of latitude, but in the end we all still you know, you know, report to our convention chair beings, as I said. And um, basically what we do is year to year, and I cannot speak for every department because that's not really what I know, but... But anyway, um, 
a lot of folks who do this year to year, uh, we just sort of develop a pattern of things that work, people to talk to, what date certain things should get done, for example. You know, we should reach out to such and such by this date, and we need this license by this date, for example. So we all generally know what to do. I, I don't, you know, I have the greatest respect for those who were there at the very, very beginning. And there was much talk of that last year, being the 40th anniversary. If you still have that book laying around, um, I would go through that again, because that will really give you an insight into those early years. Because right. whenever you're starting up a convention, you have to set a pattern. You have to know what to do. You know, right. And over those first couple of formative years, I suppose, they went ahead and started to form these these patterns. And, and understand what needs to be done by certain times so the convention can come off the way it's supposed to when the time comes, you see. So these years, they surely have been around for more than 40 years, we, you know, tend to follow the, you know, this format, this template that each of our departments are familiar with. Right. Um, that's generally what they do, and it's everybody's responsibility to use their own knowledge and their own experience peppered with elements of their own personalities. I mean, I remember a little bit more than 10 years ago when I was asked to move over to publicity, I said, why me? I've never done publicity in my life. You know, I've never had a job that involved, you know, those kind of duties. And the convention chair at the time basically said, Mike, trust me, your personality is perfect for it. You know, you speak so well, you love to talk, you have great enthusiasm for the convention, you know so much about it, and you love to talk to people about it. So it would be perfect, trust me. And, you know, so that's how I got into it. I never asked for it. It just sort of, I was sort of chosen for it, just based on my own my own personality for it. Right. Um, and so really, that's how that happened. So I don't know if that was a very good answer, but well, that no, gives it, you a general idea of, of how it uh, how it goes for conventions such as ours. Just so, having a, a large group of committee heads that report to convention chairs, and everybody um, everybody does their own specific job. We keep up the lines of communication. We have lots of meetings, so we keep everybody informed of what each department's doing, so that as the time draws nearer and nearer. We have all the information we need to, to cover all our bases, so to speak, and put on the best show we, we possibly know how to do. No, absolutely. So for you, after after a shore leave, when your closes, how much time uh, do you? is it before you have to start thinking, okay, uh, let's start talking publicity? Are you thinking of that right mm-hmm. away, or, does that, or do you have a little bit of a break here before well, – Publicity is a little bit different, Scott, at least from my point of view. Um, now, convention chairs and guest relations and things like that, there is very little in what you would call a break, very little. I mean, it's almost immediate when you got to start thinking about next year. Oh, you might take a month or two off at most, but pretty quickly the con chairs are named by the, the parent club, Star Trek Association of Towson. The convention chairs are named, and before you know it, boom, it's – like the old saying, and one cycle begin another. Right. So that you need to get into it almost right away. Now, publicity, what what I do is, although I always keep my eyes out for opportunities to tell folks about what Shore Leave is all about, generally I take things into high gear until after the holidays, because that is generally, one, you're hitting the halfway point, right? Right. So it's like you're six months out, you got six months to go, and... 
Also, that's about the time of the year when this year's guest stars start getting announced. And even though I just made this big, long speech about how the guest stars aren't the only important thing, let's face it, too, a lot of folks, especially those who may not be familiar with us, that's what's going to draw their attention. The, as I call them, the above-the-title names, the actor guest stars, that's really going to you know, make people ears perk up and go, hmm, I haven't seen him before, or wow, it would be neat meeting her and all that. So once those names start getting announced officially on the website, then that's my cue. Say, whoop, it's time to start, you know, like the old commercial, time to make the donuts. Well, with me, it's time to start making the press releases. Right. And start sending them out there to let people know, hey, guys, it'll be here before you know it. And this is what we got so far. And keep your eye on that website. And that's, that's what I do. So after the holidays is when things really start to crank up. Now, for, you, for press, for surely, um, are you, you're hitting you're hitting all sorts of press markets, I assume, both blogs, uh, podcasts, but then more traditional radio and television? Well, it's, it's a long story, Scott. But, <laughs> um, I try to talk uh, with all types of publicity. See, a lot of what uh, allows us to reach people and far as, as far as Shore Leave is concerned is um, a, two very basic things. Um, word of mouth. Okay. Sometimes it's just plain old word of mouth. That's how people find out about us. And also these days with technology such as it is, social media has become incredibly important, especially in reaching the younger generation of fans. Okay. And also um, making sure we're on various search engines. Um, so that when people do a search for sci-fi gatherings or conventions, our name will surely come up. And of course, link over to our official website. You know, and then that's how people will find out about us. Now, ideally, of course, you would love to have television stations and radio stations and magazines and newspapers cover us. And I do reach out to those organizations quite a bit. I won't give you an exact list. I won't bore you with the details. But, yeah, we always reach out to organizations like that. But I found that as technology has changed and as people's source of news has changed, there's far less of a of a push from people to get such information from TV and radio and newspapers. I mean, it's great if we're on there, you know, and we'll gladly, you know, follow that road. But generally, it seems like these days, folks tend to find out about us either online or through just talking to each other, one fan or another, or through Facebook or through Twitter or for doing uh, searches online. So... Basically, it's, you know, so it's all sorts of different things. If you'd asked me that question 20, 30 years ago, I would have been talking about, well, we, you know, we invest the budget that we have and we'll put an ad in the newspaper. And I got to admit, when I first got into publicity, I did, you know, put some ads. I didn't know how to create them. I had to use people in the club who had the skill to do that. But I would make these agreements to, to, you know, buy ads in the local newspaper or talk to magazines to see if they want to talk to us. Or, gee, I wonder, you know, what it would cost to buy some airtime on a couple local radio stations and things like that. And that's neat. But like I say, a lot of fans these days, I think, are much more geared towards the technological, technological right. aspect of it. Right. So, but I try not to look down my nose at any 
um, possible publicity source. Right. Especially that can reach out to people who may not have known about us to begin with. Right. You see. So I, I try to talk to all kinds of organizations. Yeah. You know, I mean, even local shops, for example, or people I see on TV who, you know, who are into science fiction and everything, who who are local in nature. And if I find out, you know, if they've got a, a business email address, I'll shoot them an email saying, hey, this gathering's come up, you know, and all that. Or a couple people say at the local newspaper who you think might be science fiction oriented, you send out an email, right? And sometimes you get a response and sometimes you don't. But it's a shot in the dark because what I always like to say is you never know who you're going to reach. You know, you might not get anybody, or you might get that one person to say, you know, I've been thinking about going, but I never got around to it. I'm going to try it this time. And if you can get one person that way and make a fan out of them, and even better, make a new friend out of them, then all the effort was worth it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, how much does uh, your job uh, carry over into the social media aspects that have come along since you've done publicity? Because that, that game has evolved in, in a whole new way, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Um, uh, does, does your title of publicity or your role, is that something that you manage or is that like a separate department? Although it does fall under publicity, um, our Facebook page and our Twitter feed uh, generally falls under the auspices of our webmaster. Okay. He does a spectacular job. Uh, because honestly, I don't really know how to set those things up to be to be really, really honest about it. Oh yeah. So I, I, I follow such things. I watch what people are posting. If it's anything negative, I try to get that information over to my team so we can, you know, take care of any issues or anything. So I keep my eye on it. But as far as maintaining our Twitter feed or retweeting things or finding out who is like retweeting something or whatever people are posting. I, you know, that is generally the, you know, the responsibility of our, our webmaster, who is very, very familiar with how to set up such sites and everything. But he and I talk with each other about what's going on with that. So generally, I'm in the loop about what's happening with right, that. Right, right. Like I said before, it's, it's incredibly important these days, because uh, that's generally how people are getting their, their news now. Right. Um, so it's, I can't imagine us being as successful as we are right now without having that kind of access and having those kind of having those kinds of uh, sites going on right now. I'm just glad that there are folks in the club who understand how to get us on uh, how to create a Facebook page and how to maintain a Twitter account. Because to be honest, I don't really understand that stuff. I guess I'm giving away my age now. You right. Know? Well, so, I guess I'm just an old fogey. Well, you know what? You know what, though? It, what I like about what you're sharing as we find out a little bit more about some of the behind the scenes stuff is it sounds like that, that your organization is a blend of uh, of all generations. And the only way that this convention is going to survive is by being a blend of all generations that are helping run it. Otherwise you have the older crew go, you know, the older they get the, uh, you know, we don't live forever. And, uh, so you do need people in there that, that bring a freshness to it and bring their talents and their skills and their knowledge, you know, to the playing field. It sounds like that's what Shirley has. 
Right, and it's definitely a challenge. And again, it's a very different subject because, let's face it, you know, people are not as into volunteerism as they once were some generations ago. And people just aren't joiners in clubs and organizations as they once were. So it's, it's very difficult to find, I know the old saying, right, it's so hard to get good help these days. <laughs> well, that's, that's true in the convention uh, line of work, too, because, you know, as folks get older and they just simply can't do it anymore, you have to have young people coming up in the system who are extremely dedicated to it and willing to do all that time and invest all that blood, sweat, and tears and do it purely on a voluntary basis. Right. Okay. And that's difficult. But we have, very happy to say, a handful of very dedicated young people in the group right now uh, who are, are coming along very nicely. And that, you know, makes me feel very encouraged about surely heading off into the future. Um, but that's, you're right. That's something that you absolutely have to do if you're going to have something that's long lived and, and be, able to, um, be able to continue. On you know, into the future, as long as people want you to do it, and there's people here who are willing to do the grunt work, we'll do it, right? Right. You know, and I, I think that, so there's two things here. First, you said something uh, that struck me that I wanted to make very clear to our listeners is that Shore Leave is a fan run convention. And what that means is that the people that are running the con are not paid. It's a, it is a volunteer, it's a labor of love when they put up this convention. Uh, and it's easy, it's easy to, you know, when you, when you see how large shore leave is, cause I think it's a, it's a fairly large convention, not the, certainly not the largest out there, but it's a large fan run convention. Is it, is it, and Mike, you might be able to tell me is is it the largest fan run convention? I honestly really don't know. I know it's among the largest. Uh, well, we can say that then. Figure, yeah. So I don't want to say anything yeah. that, that, isn't, un- that right. isn't true. Right, but it's but, one of uh, the... I know it's got to be one of the largest, certainly on the East Coast anyway, yeah. of the yeah. United States, and certainly one of the oldest, 41 years and counting. Yeah. But yeah, everything we do is purely voluntary. None of us makes a single dime off of this. Uh, we all do this because we love the convention. Uh, we care deeply about the people. Uh, that we work with, and we care a great deal about fandom and what it's meant to us. Yeah. I know we've had some nice discussions about this very thing right. in past years, so, um, and that's why we, why we do what we do. So if, if someone, and I'm thinking about our listeners here, if there's someone that wants to say, you know, what they're talking about and bringing a con like Shirley, and we'll share some of what Shirley is going to be bringing this year to the table in a, in a little bit here. But if someone says, you know what, I would love to find out more about getting involved with Shirley, like from the from participating as a volunteer, either a day of, weekend of, or you know, helping do some of the legwork throughout the year. How how do they go about doing that? Well, there are a couple of, of very easy ways, okay? Uh, you can join our organization, the Star Trek Association of Towson, okay? And on the, pardon me, sorry, probably um, on the inside or on one of the pages of the Shirley Program book, there will be contact information for the club, where we meet and when, okay? And some of the specifics about how to join and everything. And also, when you go to Shore Leave, there, uh, when you go on the Shore Leave website, 
S H O R E dash L E A V E. There, I believe, is a link for volunteers that you can click on. Okay. Um, so that's available as well because, you know, like among the things that always gets posted on the website, you know, looking for people for such and such a thing or, or we need people to, to submit ideas for panel discussions or, but especially when you join the organ, the organization itself, um, generally everybody over the course of time gets assigned. It's not just a matter of having a bunch of convention chairs. I mean, sorry, a convention chair or two and about 20 committee heads. You also have to have a team, okay, of helpers to make that work. Years ago, they used to call it volunteers, and other years they called it A-team, for example. People who are willing to just go wherever is needed and, and help the convention out. So generally that's done for people who are already members of the club. But I'm sure there's a way on the website itself where you can find out more about what's involved in volunteering and how to keep track of the time. Okay. Okay. okay very so, good. Yeah, we're always looking for good people to to help out. That's for sure. We, <laughs> you know, we always need you know the the extra help, especially in basic things like you know like security and things like that. So there there's always seemingly an opportunity to to help out with with something. Uh, interesting thing you mentioned, Scott, about uh, what makes Shore Leave different. And I know I've covered this ad nauseum every year we've done this, but for any of you out there listening to this who may not have, have heard this before, um, when you think about what makes Shore Leave different, I like to call it having the best of both worlds. In other words, we try to have everything that a large convention has a convention that's, say, 10 times our size or more, okay? But we still have an environment, and we covered this a little bit at the beginning of our talk. We try to have an environment where people can still sit down and relate to each other fan to fan and fan to guest. I mean, how many conventions in your own experience, Scott, have you seen where you're in an autograph line uh, of you hand the picture over, a large guy hands it over to the actor, the actor signs it, you might get it personalized, you might get a handshake, but more than likely not. They hand it over to another very large guy who hands it back to you, and boom, it's over with. Okay? But at Shore Leap, I mean, yeah, we're always trying to move a line along, okay? I mean, everybody does. But we try to have a situation where people can actually talk to these actors for a few minutes, especially if the line isn't all that long. A lot of these actors are going to be at their tables all weekend long, and depending on when you get in the line, you may have a better opportunity to actually talk to them for a minute or two. Now, if it's the you know, the height of the craziness on Saturday and there's a long line, there may not be much chance. But if you're there Friday, if you're there Sunday and the line is less, I mean, you just never know. And we like to foster that kind of environment. And like we talked about before, where people actually can find a quiet spot in a, you know, in a diner or, or in a, a fairly quiet area or in a hallway and just, you know, catch up with friends and everything. So basically we have at Shore Leave on average, an average of 12 to 14 programming tracks going on at the same time, especially on Saturday. And not to toot our own horn too much, but I know very, very few other conventions of our size that offered that much programming for the money, okay? And 
like I say, I mean, such kind of programming is certainly available in larger conventions when you go to, you know, pro-cons and everything. But, you see, our convention only has... Pardon me. Our convention only really has a maximum of attendance of, a fifth, of about 1,500 at a time. So that's large enough to, you know, get a crowd with a lot of excitement in it and uh, to get a good buzz from it. But on the other hand, it's small enough where it's not a cattle call, you see? So that's, that's something that I try to, to tell people. Right. And I think that you, you bring up a good point about the guests. I think, and, and, and again, we've talked about this before, but the, but the accessibility of the guests um, in general. Now, there's some, like the, there's the Shatners and there's the big names that, that you probably aren't going to get a ton, a ton of time with, but there's a lot of actors that, you know, that you can sit and stand at their table and chat for five or 10 minutes if there's no line, or even if there is. It might be one other person that comes up, gets an autograph sign, and you can continue the conversation. So it's been very accessible. And you have, you know, speaking of guests and the the ability and the accessibility of them, you have an incredible lineup of of guests. And this might be a good segue just to talk about some of them that we have coming to shore leave this year. And before we get before we talk about the well, guests, real so, quick, before we get into this, Scott, go ahead. Let me tell you a little bit about some that happened last year. Okay, okay go ahead. I don't think I've ever seen this happen before. Among the many wonderful guests we had at Shirley 40 was Chase Masterson. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she was just so magnificent that entire weekend. It's not the first time she'd been to Shirley, so we'd seen her before. Okay. But this is the first time she was there to talk about the Pop Culture Hero Coalition. Okay. And if you haven't really talked about that organization before on the podcast, I would recommend you looking further into it. I even told her, I said, oh, I wish that existed 30 or 40 years ago. I could have used it, <laughs> you know. But she spoke so well of it, and it was, it was an opportunity for the uh, fans to, you know, use that incredible closeness and strength that we feel in fandom to actually, you know, as, I don't know if this is a good saying, but improve the good to actually spread some good around and everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and do some good with it and everything. And another really amazing thing that happened, and I don't think I've ever seen this happen before, okay? We were doing a panel on Lita, okay, in one of our parlor rooms, all right? And I was in there, you know, and there were friends of mine on the panel. All the, a lot of the guys who do the panels are really big Deep Space Nine fans, okay? So, of course, they were going to have a panel on Lita since she was one of our special guests that year. And what happens? Chase Masterson just walks right in and sits with us the whole hour. In fact, she was very, very emotional. She couldn't believe that we were actually had an entire panel just on her character. You know, yeah, she just couldn't get over it. She could not have been happier. Now, let's see you ever hear about that happening at a professional convention. Uh, you probably are, but I remember I remember Christopher Heyerdahl when you guys had him there. Same thing happened. He went and joined, I think it was a, a Supernatural. He went into a panel. Yeah, super, yeah Supernatural. Folks, huh? Yeah, Supernatural panel. And so I've, I, I've heard of it. I've seen it. It doesn't happen every year, but I've... But if I've seen it happen, I've definitely seen it happen at Shore Leave, where where, where right. actors will crash the panels and just become part of the discussion. That's right. And when you've got thousands of people, you know, in a 
convention, you know, convention hallway or, you know, filling up an entire building and everything. Like I say, I know it sounds like I'm bad-mouthing the pro-cons, you know, and I don't really mean to do that because they're all pros. They've been doing this for a long time, and they put on magnificent shows, and there's nothing wrong with what they do. I'm just saying that there are certain things that can happen at a fan-run con like ours and our, you know, and far point to a certain degree as well that happens in February every year um, that I don't think you would really see at a convention that has 40, 50, 60, 100,000 people. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, you know? what it could. So, and that's, you know, and that's, that's a pretty special thing. And I love talking about that because yeah. um, it was a very, very special moment. And it certainly wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. So before I segued off into something else, I think you were trying to ask something else, Scott. No, no. You, you, I mean, you, you, we were talking about the accessibility of the guests. And I think what you say certainly uh, plays right nicely into that. The fact that these guests are, are there, number one, because um, – they're friendly. They're, I think that surely brings some of the friendliest guests to to a con that I've ever been at. Um, you certainly get the accessibility that you don't get at many of the larger uh, corporate-run conventions. And again, they're aiming for a different person. The person that comes to shore leave is looking for a, I think, looks for a slightly different experience of, of interaction with guests. They aren't just there for the autograph. Yes, maybe they want the autograph, but it's not the only thing that they're there for. And I think that they bring. I mean, that, so. I've I've been to some conventions years and years ago where some actors, especially the higher name actors, will have like a coterie of security around them and everything. Right. And I can remember down through the years at Shore Leave, where all kinds of unexpected things happening. I mean, I clearly remember seeing many many years ago we had Gigi Edgley from Farscape, and I clearly remember seeing her walking around the art show, for example, by herself, no security. It was definitely her. I clearly remember uh, some of our younger guests that we've had down through the years. Michael Welch, for example, who had just appeared as, you know, from the movie Star Trek Interaction, who, Insurrection, who, who came over many, many years later. Uh, you know, when he started his new zombie TV series, remember that? Yep. Um, and he came on board. And he, you know, he just sort of walked around. Manu, oh, if I get this name wrong, Manu Interami, for example. Okay. Um, uh, he was one of our guests, and he was just kind of hanging out there with the with the audience the whole time. Sometimes people didn't know who he was. He was just walking around with everybody. He didn't care. He was just chilling out, you know. And other times I've seen uh, actors when they they're like between their appearance times, you know, they might go say into the gym or something like that. Or a lot of time, if you're there early in the morning, sometimes they're uh, there with members of their family in the uh, in the I think it's called the Cinnamon Tree Restaurant inside the uh, the hotel. You know, naturally you don't want to bother them when they're trying to eat. You know, we're supposed to you know treat them decent. But I clearly remember seeing actors sitting in there early, like on a Saturday or Sunday. And this sort of gives you the feeling, you know, because a lot of times, and this is more so with movie actors than TV actors, you say, oh, they're so rich and our lives are so different from theirs and we have nothing in common with those kind of people, right? They're, they're not like us, right? And then you see them, they're just talking and they're talking about work and traffic and bills and, and they're, they're sitting there eating and everything. I say, just regular folks. I mean, they, they have a very different job than we do, but, you know, they're just regular folks and it's great to be able to relate to the actors that we admire in that way. 
Right. You know, it's and again, that's something that just one of those little extra things that you won't see listed at the bottom of a, of a program book or listed on a website. No, so these are little extra things that you find memorable about going to a show like that because you literally never know what's going to happen. So That's let me. Why I try to hit so many different places. One thing about my position is I'm not stuck in any one spot. People in registration, security, ARCHO, things like that, they're generally stuck in one spot for the vast majority of the weekend. But publicity, a lot of what I do gets done prior to the show. So when the convention actually comes, yeah, I've got to be there for any issues or any concerns that one of our press team members might have. Yes, that's true. But on the other hand, it allows me to walk around amongst the people and just keep my ear to the ground to find out what people are enjoying and what people are talking about and what the buzz of the audience is. That's another good thing about what I specifically do, because I, I prefer being able to walk around and, and hear what people are saying that way rather than being behind a table. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we're talking – so we talk about uh, the guests here, and maybe this is a good time for us to talk about the the, the variety of guests that we have. This is a uh, – we have 10 celebrity guests, not to mention the authors and the scientists – that you guys also bring in, but who are some of the notables that are coming this year to Shortly 41? All righty. Let's see here. Well, it's so hard to pick any one particular person above all the others, but let's see here. Let's start at the beginning, all right, uh, looking at the looking at one of our flyers and everything so I don't forget anybody. <laughs> all right, we have, we have Michael Sch- here, okay. Uh, of course, best known to, to genre fans from his role in Stargate SG One. Oh yeah. You know, we've had so many great Stargate guests over the last twenty years. I think Michael Shanks might have been the last top Stargate name that we hadn't had at Shore Leave yet. It'll be the so last one folks, that we. It'll be the last one that we haven't interviewed. So we're hoping to land an interview right, with him. Exactly. So. And for all those folks out there who have all these autographed posters and everything and artwork of the Stargate cast and missing Michael Shanks, here's your chance because he might be the only huge name from Stargate that we haven't had yet. So that kind of rounds out the group, you know? Now, coming along with him, because for many years I didn't know they were married, actually, but actress Lexa Doig is coming along with us as well. And um, to me, she was known from the TV series Andromeda, and I remember seeing her in a horror film called Jason X many years ago. Uh, for those of you out there who also like their horror as well, she's also well-known for roles from Smallville and Stargate SG-1. So Ms. Doig is joining us. Now, for those of you concerned about lack of representation, so to speak, from the Star Trek universe, here's some we're extremely excited about, Okay. With the success of Star Trek Discovery this year, and these were actually pretty much the first actors that we found out that had signed on board this year. Anyway, from Star Trek Discovery, we have both Anson Mount, Captain Pike himself, who's done a spectacular job, and whose character has taken off, I think, far better than anybody expected. There's even talk of maybe trying to see if they'll develop a TV series a for spin-off, Captain Pike. yeah. Um, So, and I have seen the second year of Discovery, and he's magnificent in that part. Um, He's also been in shows like Inhumans and Hell on Wheels, it says here, okay? And also, young Spock, Ethan Peck, 
will be joining us, who joined us very, very early in this year's shore process. Now, besides Discovery, he's also been in Halo 4 and 5, and in 10 Things I Hate About You, okay? So we have both Anson Mount and Ethan Peck representing Star Trek Discovery this year. Now, now for this year, I don't know if this was intended or not, we have a very, very strong turnout of guest stars from Supergirl and Smallville, okay? There's a lot of crossover there. From Supergirl and Smallville, we have actresses Erica Durance and Laura Vandervoort, okay, who've both been seen very prominently in both shows. Ms. Durance has also been seen in Saving Hope, and Laura Vandervoort was also in Bitten as well, okay? Now, we've added Aaron Ashmore, a uh, very popular young actor from shows like Killjoys, Smallville, yes, there's that word again, Smallville, and Warehouse 13. You remember Warehouse 13? A oh, yeah. Years ago? You betcha. So, One of my favorite shows. So, so Mr. Ashmore is joining us. Now, also this year, Alex Mallory Jr. is joining us, uh, mainly known for his character of Four in Dark Matter, also from such shows as Insomnia and True Justice. Right. Uh, he was going to be with us, I believe, last year, but his filming schedule didn't permit his attendance. So we're very, very happy that Mr. Malari will be joining us again this year. Okay. And also, there's one more name that I seem to have forgotten. I think our audience might really be interested in this. Uh, we have the one, the only, Nichelle Nichols. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On Saturday and Sunday only, I wanted to let your, your listeners know that, Saturday and Sunday only. Um, unfortunately, there will be no Q&A sessions or anything like that. Her health will not allow it. But she will be signing autographs at her table on Saturday and Sunday, and also she has agreed to do the photo op sessions. Good, okay? good. So the wonderful, the amazing Nichelle Nichols has decided to make a stop on her own named farewell tour, and we certainly hope not, but she's calling it her farewell tour, much akin to what Jimmy Doohan did many years ago, you might remember. But there's literally a handful of conventions that she's doing uh, for this one final year before she gives up conventions, and we're very, very proud and very, very honored that she has chosen to make a stop on her tour with Shirley 41 this year. Yeah, right? absolutely. Oh, I didn't mention before, and I just found out about this literally just a day or two ago, but Anson Mountain, Ethan Peck will only be there Saturday and Sunday as well. This right. must have something to do with their filming schedule. This literally just came out within the last 48 hours. Right. So please, you know, make sure that's mentioned as well. Yeah, absolutely. But, it's on the um, website as well. Did you mention John Glover? Oh, wow. What happened with that was it wasn't on my flyer because uh, he was on board and then he had to cancel his appearance because uh, his work schedule didn't permit it. And then before I knew it, after I updated all my notes, he was back in again. <laughs> so, yes, as of right now, uh, the very famous and highly respected character actor, John Glover, will be joining us as well. I hope that that is still the case six weeks from now. Yeah, we'll but find name, out. Name a genre movie over the last 20, 25 years. He has probably been in it. Right. I don't have his biography right in front of me, but just 
reaching to the back of my mind. I can give you titles like Gremlins 2. I can tell you about Scrooge. I can tell you about Batman and Robin. I know he was the voice of the Riddler, I believe, in the Batman animated TV series. Yeah. Uh, and I think he is also... Isn't he the lead bad guy on Smallville right now? Or he was. I mean, uh, uh, he, Lex Luthor. So he played. He played uh, Lionel. Lionel Luthor. He played Lionel. So, yeah. Right. So I'm sorry I didn't mention him before because he wasn't literally on the flyer I'm looking at right yeah. now because when that was printed he wasn't with us. But now it's back on again. So he's just one of those incredible character actors uh, who's been in almost every genre movie over the last 25 years. You care to name, you know, and name the movie he's probably been in it. So that means he'll have lots of different photos, no doubt, available for signing at his table. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and I think you bring up something. Oh, and also, what's interesting from our point of view Go ahead. is that he's a local product, you see. He um, was born, I believe, or grew up in Salisbury, Maryland, over on the eastern shore. He appeared on stage at Towson University. So he has a lot of local roots. He lives in New York now. But he grew up around here, and he appeared on stage locally as well. So that's kind of an interesting vantage point, you know, from our point of view. Yeah, so he's a local boy for that you. John Glover has a lot yeah. of local roots around here. Yes, he's very much a locally trained product. Oh, so yeah. uh, I'm sorry I didn't mention him. Before. No, I wanted so to make sure he got mentioned. Wanted to mention? No, that was the one that that was the one we uh, oh, yes. wanted Thank to make you. sure we didn't men- we didn't forget. But the lineup here, huge, a lot of Smallville. Uh, obviously, there's a Star Trek representation. There's a Stargate representation with uh, having uh, Michael Shanks there and some just some great guests that you guys have lined up for this year. And like you said before, uh, like 30 or 40 professional writers, about 12 or 14, you know, professional scientists. Of course, we're going to have science programming. I mean, if we had the time, we could talk for a good half hour about all yeah. how the science programming track has grown over the last 20, 25 years. But there is one science guest I would like to mention very briefly. All right, go and ahead. He, he's a little, bit of, a little bit of both. I believe his name is Mark Sumner. Now, why am I mentioning him? Okay, Because not only, he, yes, he's an engineer, and he helped to put up the Keck Observatory on the island of Hawaii, and he's going to talk about that. But he is also, for about 40 years, was a Disney Imagineer. And as you know, Disney Imagineers design and build the rides at the Disney theme parks. So someone's got to design and build them, right? So he's going to give a talk about that, too. You know? So that's what you call a double threat. So he's like a little extra special guest star that I wanted to No, no, definitely. So his, his talk should be especially interesting. No, um, definitely. So I wanted to, to mention him, that's for sure. Right. Because that's going to be really, really neat. Um so, yeah, it's, and of course, the usual, you know, the performers like your Boogie Nights and Lunacy and our our artist guest of honor this year is Todd Brugmans, who's doing the uh, badge and the um, program book cover for us once again this year. So he's our artist guest of honor. So you can literally go on and on about all the you know right. people and all the groups that are represented at, at Shoreleaf. Um, do we have time at all to talk a little bit about some of the little extra bits of programming that? Some, yes. Um, so why don't we do this? May not know about. So why don't we do this? I, I, I can give you about five minutes. I'm going to try to hold you okay. to it. Okay. So tell us all about right. some of the secrets. Well, Surely. What I wanted to tell everybody about was that. Yes, 
because I literally at the bottom of my shortly press releases, I try to have like a little tagline. And this year, it basically said, surely it's everything you expect and a whole lot that you don't. Okay. Now, what that means is, yes, if you want autographs, if you want photo ops, we've got them. If you want memorabilia rooms, we've got that, right? Art show, masquerade, you know, writers, scientists, all those things are there. But there are certain things, and again, I'm preaching to the choir, because if you're already coming to shore leave, and by the way, thank you, <laughs> you know, for those of you listening out there, you know, you already know that that's there. But I think a lot of people who either have never come or are on the fence about coming, there are certain elements of shore leave and small conventions such as ours that a lot of folks are not necessarily aware of that are there. For example, you have in the lower hallway, you have the TARDIS photo booth, okay? So if you have a Doctor Who fan out there, you literally can have your picture taken inside there, and you, you've got all these characters dressed up as characters from Doctor Who that you can pose with, okay? And I believe the, the cost of it all goes towards a charity, which I think is really wonderful. So that's there. Um, up on the main level, when you walk in, if you go to the left, there's like a deck area, which is literally the, it's like a roof, like a flat area. And over there, we have what's called sun gazing. There are literally telescopes set up by a local astronomical organization where there are lots of telescopes with special um, filters on them so you can look at the sun and everything. And these same people set up these telescopes in the tennis courts and have what's called stargazing on Friday and Saturday night. Also, another element of shore leave that a lot of people don't know about is the charitable aspects. And I really wish, you know, we had more time to go into that in more detail. But just to let you know, shore leave has had collections for the Maryland Food Bank for pretty much as long as I've been involved with them. And I've been going to shore leave since number eight. So that'll give you some idea of how long we've been dealing with the Maryland Food Bank, collecting non-perishable foods and, of course, cash donations for the Maryland Food Bank. Uh, the American Red Cross will be sending its blood mobile once again this year. Uh, they've been coming for like 30, 40 years now, I believe. Uh, I believe they'll be there on Saturday, um, you know, accepting uh, collections for the uh, for the blood bank and everything. So they're there. Um there are also some years, I don't have the specifics on me, but we also have some years like a silent auction because they're, besides the food bank and the blood drive, they also have a, um, might have two or three other charitable organizations that will have like a silent auction for with the funds going towards that. Um, one thing, another thing that I'm very, very proud of fandom with and shore leave as well is that no matter how the economy is year to year, the charities always do extremely well. You know, the the local fandom group and, you know, convention attendees always tend to be a very, very, you know, generous lot of people. That's something I'm very, very proud of. And that's something that a lot of people just don't know about. So, and also, late night on Saturday, uh, we had a, a young man who literally grew up at Shirley by the name of Robbie Greenberger. Uh, the son of one of our longtime writers, um, you know, Bob Greenberger. Anyway, um, he died of leukemia, and ever since he passed, we've had a a memorial Texas Hold'em poker tournament because apparently he loved to play Texas Hold'em late night with his buddies at Shoreleaf. And after he passed, we created a, a Texas Hold'em poker tournament in his honor. 
And you know what the buy-in is? I do not. You have to make a donation to the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society. Ooh. Okay, that's your buy-in. So literally, your, your way in is you would have to show a receipt that you made a donation to that organization. Now, you know, due to various reasons and taxes and what have you in our license, there's no money involved. You play for chips, and you get like a certificate and a trophy for the winner. So there's no money involved. But that is the buy-in for the, the Memorial uh, Poker Tournament that we've had ever since uh, young Mr. Greenberger's passing. So this element of charity and giving back to fandom and supporting each other is an, an element of, of fandom. And, and such gatherings that I think a lot of people are not aware of. Right. So for those of you who come out to shore leave, um, you know, besides just grabbing the schedule and circling the various things you want to take part in, I strongly urge everybody to leave enough gap in time to, to talk to other people, to catch up with old friends, to make some new ones. And by all means, try to go a little bit out of your comfort zone and try to experience as many different elements of the convention as you possibly can. Many, many years I've told myself, oh, I want to sit in more, you know, more of the science talks. And I want more science talks. But every year it seems like I've got four other things happening at the same time. Believe me, you're going to wish you could be cloned when you go to a Oh, show no doubt, no doubt. There's always a lot more than there's ever enough of you to see. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, always try to take part in as much different activities as possible. And you're going to find how much you enjoy these, these different things. So keep your, your eyes open and your mind open for all kinds of different possibilities so so yeah uh, nice job that was about five minutes so so here we're at mike we're, we're as we're wrapping up the show here because we do have to wrap this up we we, we do need to tell people a when when is shore leave happening this year a, and b how can they go about registering for the con and to become a part of the shore leave experience this year all right well, our official website is www.shore-leave.com. Don't forget the little dash between the two words, okay? It's taking place on July 12th, 13th, and 14th, 2019 at the Hunt Valley Inn. It is now called the Delta Hotel. For many years, it was a Marriott Hunt Valley Inn, but now it's called Delta Hotel. So it might just be easier to just call it the Hunt Valley Inn. That's the easy right, way to do right. it, okay? Uh, let's see. Now, pre-registration actually cuts off on June 15th. So it's sneaking up on us soon, but uh, there are still uh, spots available. We don't call them tickets. We call them memberships. So what you would need to do, if you still want to pre-register, go on the website. All the instructions are on there. If you can't make the cutoff date, uh, what I would recommend, uh, there are going to be full weekend and individual single-day memberships available at the door, but I strongly recommend for those of you thinking about doing that, please don't get there one minute before the start of programming and think you're just going to walk in. There may be a bit of a line, and you might wind up missing some programming you don't want to miss. So try to get there maybe like an hour before the first programming of the day, especially on Saturday, okay, so you don't miss anything. Right. So, yes, pre-registration is still on as as we record this but there will be uh, at the door memberships available you know at the registration and you just go down the go in the main entrance of the 
email, you go down the set of escalators, and the registration is immediately on your right as you go down the escalators. You just can't miss it. And, of course, anybody wearing a convention badge will be only too happy to help you, you know, if you need some uh, directions to get where you need to be because that's what we're there for. Fantastic. Well, Mike, it's been fantastic sitting down and chatting with you about shortly of this year. Thank you so much for coming back on. Yeah, I just can't believe that time flew by the way it did. It I know. Does. We're up over an hour. It you does. Know. So we no shortage of things but to talk thank about. Thank you so much for having me again this year. I enjoyed it a great deal. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And I'm looking forward to greeting your team down at the, uh, the Hunt Valley Inn in just about another six weeks or so. I think it's going to be another spectacular show. I think it is, too. Thank you so much for having us come back. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I will see you guys soon. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner. Diner.